0: Good morning, hello, and welcome to our heart-centered community. My name is Tamara Rossander, and I'm the spiritual director here at Centers for Spiritual Living White Rock. I want to take the time right now to thank you for joining us today. And I'd like you to join me in prayer. Let's take this moment to settle in and know that there is one life, one love, one universal divine mind that is operating in, through, and as each person. Let us take this moment and allow that divine to whisper into our hearts and know that we are all whole, perfect, and complete, exactly as we are. There is nothing outside of us that needs to change. So today I claim this joy, the love, the expression of the divine that is operating through me and expressing into the world. And I know that the divine expresses through each person listening here now. So with great gratitude, I release these words to the law of mind knowing it is already so, and it is, and I ask you to join me in saying, and so it is. Thank you, so for our opening today, we have our fabulous musician, Nathan Aswell. He's a recording artist and speaker based here in Vancouver, and he believes that his calling in life is to encourage people to live big lives, one small step at a time. And he does this through his heart-centered music making, his speaking engagements. And he also has some CDs. uh, His CD is called Little by Little. And yes, they are celebrations of life, transformation, and evolution, and the oneness of humanity. Then they're delivered in a variety of popular music styles. So please take this moment and join me in welcoming Nathan Aswell.
1: this soul quest i trust the path unknown i walk and make a way through the forest on this song.
2: Wow, thank you, Nathan. Uh, that was amazing. I am actually going to download that onto my phone. So the next time I go for my forest walk, I can listen to that. I felt uh, I felt like I was there. It was lovely, thank you so much. And again, if you're playing anywhere, performing anywhere, you'd like uh, our congregation here to know more about uh, what's up in Nathan's life, please put it in the chat and everybody can take a look there. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody, my name is Angela Clark, and I'm a board member for the Center for Spiritual Living in White Rock. And as we begin our gathering today as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. We thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters, all that is above and below. Now, CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of life regularly and consistently. Certainly isn't that the truth. Uh, It's been an amazing journey for the past two years, learning so much more about how to take those spiritual principles and uh, use them every day in my life personally. And our life flourishes and flows out of ease and grace when we practice these. Again, I can attest to that. Sorry, I lost my place. Let's walk on the spiritual path and walk each other home, and all the while transforming our lives and the lives of others. Thank you for being with us today. It is my pleasure to welcome back our guest speaker today, Reverend Savannah Noel. Reverend Savannah has served as staff minister in spiritual communities since 2014. She continues to lead retreats, teach, and speak in communities throughout the U.S. and the world. Her passion and work in global ministry has nourished her soul, and Reverend Savannah shares her wisdom and knowledge on social media. To find out what else she's up to, follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Savannah resides currently in Seattle, Washington, so getting ready for tomorrow's 4th of July, please welcome me and join me in welcoming Reverend Savannah Noel.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back with you. Again, and as I always say, what I love about this community is you do a very, very good job of holding um, and creating a container for the service, the energy. Uh, I think maybe it's the rain as well (laughs) is uh, bringing just this, um, it feels like a very somewhat introvertedness within me. And uh, so thank you. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Today's talk is all about trust. It's all about trusting in the knowing and the spiritual practice of becoming uh, can take so many different twists and turns. It can look like a meditative practice that falls off the rails, uh, a time of deep grief or sorrow. It can look like an explosion uh, an expansiveness into our creative flow or a project uh, that has us losing all sense of time. Becoming can look like completely falling apart uh, and wondering how we're going to pay the rent for the month, the next bill, or it can look like aging gracefully and wondering how we're going to retire well. It can look like new ideas and new opportunities. It can look like a new you. And so as we lean in and we surrender more to the process of becoming, Becoming more joy filled, more conscious, more awake, more loving, more compassionate with others and ourselves, we start to trust life more. We trust the creative process because we understand that we are co creators of our lives and we have dominion over our thought and our thinking. But sometimes I'm finding that even when I've been given all of the evidence that I can trust something greater. We always say, you know, uh, this or something better. When things are going well, things are working out, it always takes one thing, one thing to knock me off center. And then I'm asking the question again, what is it that I'm being called to remember again? What is it that I'm supposed to trust again? So much of life, as you know, is about trusting what is before us and trusting that life is going to bring to us exactly what we need when we need it. I am uh, often impatient though. (laughs) I can't even begin to tell you the number of times in my life where I had to leap, not knowing if the net was going to appear. And every single time, even when it wasn't in my timing, it appeared and it may not have looked the way that I wanted uh, or thought that it would, but usually it was always better than what I had imagined. And so during a time, if you're experiencing right now, times of transition or uncertainty, or even in this process of our becoming, uh, because so much of life is about becoming the greater, the more of us, it's important, I think, to keep our eyes and our minds on a higher resolve. It's what uh, the great theologian Howard Thurman speaks about. He says, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve in the quietness of this place Surrounded by the all-pervading presence of God, my heart whispers, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve, that I may not forget that to which my life is committed. I love that. I've always loved that saying. The healing process of growing and learning and recognizing and acknowledging is something that cannot be rushed or underestimated. It takes the healing process, takes the time that it takes. (laughs) It takes the time that it takes and it helps us learn to trust ourselves more and therefore the presence and the power within us. It it helps us trust God more. So the times in your life when you might have wished that you would learn it sooner, you can say to yourself, it takes and it took the time that it needed to take. What we learn is that the more we trust ourselves, the more uh, we, we learn to trust life and God and that infinite intelligence, that higher mind, that authentic self speaks to us. It speaks to you and within you and as you in your own voice. And because we are one, because we are connected, trusting God means that you are trusting your deeper essence of who you are. Ernest Holmes uh, reminds us that the truth is instantaneous in its demonstration, taking only such time in its unfoldment as inherent in the law of a logical and sequential evolution. He says in this invisible law of unfoldment, we must come to trust. And although we do not see the way, we must believe that the way is and the is is operative. We must trust the invisible for it is the sole cause of that which is visible. The Bible also says this in Hebrews uh, 11.3, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It also says, uh, behold, I make all things new. And I think for us, we get to remember that it starts with mind. It starts with intention. It starts with a feeling. And then often what happens is divine providence takes over. The definition of providence is the timely preparation of future eventualities. It is a divine intervention i want to bring in a little bit of spiritual principle today i mean often obviously my talks are all filled and interwoven with stories and spiritual principle um, to help us relate to help us understand the nature of things but i want to bring it in even more so as a refresher because it's always good to come back to what it is that we teach to help us ground ourselves most especially right now with all of the crazy, you know, that's going on in the world right now. In your mind, uh, we get to remember that we are activating the law of mind in action, that your best level, of your iteration is happening in this instance, so we can say to ourselves, I stand in the presence of a new day. I see that all is well. And what I can't see is calling on my heart to be set free. And so I allow that to happen. I am receptive, you might say, I am receptive to divine providence more than my eyes can actually see. In this awareness, there is this understanding that as a spiritual being, we are incarnated into the world in human form both born into a world that existed before we ever even were here that that uh world is history it is the past and so we can what is so beautiful about our teaching is that we can opt out of that at any time from the past from the past hurts the past wounds into our good because this isn't all that exists there is always more that is trying to express through us it's that uh sometimes the reptilian part of us, that egocentric part of us would have us continue to believe and to buy into lack and scarcity and limitation and survival, surviving at all costs, which is built on uh, the foundation of this viewpoint. You know, we call it a kingdom one consciousness. And so we get to remind ourselves that this isn't the world we wanna live in, the scarcity, the lack, the limitation, the kingdom of God, the realm of the holy, that reverence, it is here right now. It is that energy that you all have created for this service. That presence, that power is right here, right now, and I claim this for myself and for you today. If we think about it from the quantum uh, viewpoint, the Newtonian perspective says that two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time. But we know that quantumly, two things can occupy the same space at the same time when they are on different frequencies and vibrations. And so we have to operate and vibrate at the level of the thing that we desire. And we talk about this all the time that our mind creates, right? Our mind um, creates and that we want to vibrate at the, the level of the thing that we want. And this is what Jesus meant when he said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. I go prepare a place. That's what he was talking about. I go prepare a place, a higher frequency. And he was inviting us into that higher uh, frequency, right? I had an experience uh, recently with my family, which, you know, family always makes me ask myself sometimes how much spiritual work I've actually done on myself because they always bring up the stuff, you know? And some of them happen to be glued uh, on Fox News. They happen to be quite conservative um, every hour uh, watching the news, buying into this world of fear and scarcity and separation. And I have to remind myself that the world right here and now, it is impinging on us. And if we are fighting against it, not opting, opting out of the old world of fear and scarcity and doubt and worry and lack, then we can't actually see the brilliance all around us. We can't actually see the good all around us. We can't see the beauty, the magnificence, the joy, the goodness, the abundance. And some people would say to us, well, this is just wishful thinking. And I say, no, 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 it is a knowing. It is a knowing, it is an invitation, it is a seed. It is this illusion of separation. So every single day, this is why We get to create the world that we seek through prayer and meditation and study and fellowship. This is why we take classes. So that little by little, we start to see the world as it really is. This is the work. This is what we do as students. This is the realm of ever expanding good. It's not the world of comparison or competition. And so it's about us taking our power back, that we have the power in our minds and looking at our minds and seeing what world Am I creating and what world am I living in right now? I think that we come into the world um, of grace when we start to normalize the miraculous. You know, this is what A Course in Miracles often talks about where the invisible becomes visible, where the presence becomes more real to us right here and now than it ever was before. I've been practicing this uh, when I pray uh, for my dear friend Rocky. You know who i lost a year ago Uh, he went missing and he still has not been found i believe in miracles and i continue to say to myself that there is nothing that is lost in the mind of god that there is nothing lost in the mind of spirit that spirit knows where he is and so it's about lifting our frequency uh, to be about joy and light and peace and love and kindness and generosity and then moment by moment We start to see the miraculous comes into our lives. It's a demonstration for that broadcast that we want, you know, to go out into the world that is always happening. And so we're not asking uh, for a miracle to just come down out of the heavens. We have to rise up in our vibration to meet it. It is to meet the realm of the miraculous. Some people ask the question, well, why doesn't this come to me? Like, Why doesn't this good come to me? And I say, well, because our vibration has to be lifted. Reverend Michael Beckwith uh, talks about this. He says, um, uh, you could call this having spiritual decorum. They say that the five people that you hang out with the most, you start to become. And so you might want to look at, well, who are those five people that I hang out with the most, right? The level of spiritual practice and dignity about ourselves is, is us lifting our thoughts, our words, our intentions, our conversation. What is the conversation you're having with yourself? you know, and others, so that what comes out of your mouth is such a blessing. So that we are not only, as my Reverend Michael says, being pulled by a vision, but we are being pulled by the miracle. And so we become obedient to that presence. We become obedient and available to the miraculous, to the good, to the joy, to that inner knowing and that inner wisdom. And then we start to see that our lives change around us. And this is the prayer that I have for myself and I have for you. You know, anxiety and and, and anxiousness dissolve because we're not projecting that negativity into the future. We're not worried about something happening or not happening in the future. We are present to the miraculous in this moment. And so we get to declare to ourselves, this is one of my mantras is, all of my needs are met right now. Everything is working together for good right now. The presence of God is for me and not against me right now. And so we get to hang here in this awareness that the presence is for me and not against me. And then an entirely new possibility starts to emerge around us as we start to lift that vibration. We are all blessings, we are all blessings, regardless of what we're going through. And so uh, it is a trap to think that we are not that infinite presence, that that infinite life is is not expressing through us all the time. We were meant to be great with our own contribution, service, and expression. So I, I wanna ask you the question, where in your life are you being called to raise your vibration, to get out of the muck of that victim consciousness, of that uh, kingdom one consciousness, where in your life are you being called to raise your vibration? Where are you called to start meeting the day with a new energy, with a new vibration that doesn't live in scarcity or lack or limitation, but it lives in prosperity and goodness and opportunity and resources. It lives with within your generosity, your curiosity and your wonder. One of my favorite stories uh, is a story of Iyama Van Zandt. Um, I don't know if you know of her, but uh, she has a she's she's an author, a teacher, and a host, and she has a, a TV sh- show on the OWN network called Iyama Fix My Life. And she tells this story. It's an incredible story about how she had just filed for bankruptcy, and she felt a lot of shame and embarrassment because um, she lost her home in the process. And this was like after she became pretty famous, you know. And um, when that show started, uh, Yama Fixed My Life, it became clear that she was going to have to move. And so she started visualizing, doing the work, you know, visualizing her perfect home in her mind. And she found this property uh, that was um, a lease to purchase. And she knew that if she had leased it for um, a year, she, she thought that the owners would trust her to buy it. And so she went to view the house with her son and the realtor was not there. So she kind of just snuck, snuck up, over to the house. And the minute she got to the property, she knew that this was her house. She's like, this is my house. And so she immediately called the realtor saying that she wanted to lease the home and, you know, gave her the address. And the realtor said, this house isn't for lease. It's a foreclosure. So it's actually for sale. And so Ayala's heart, you know, sank and she was like, you know, if I can't rent an apartment, there's no way that I'm going to be able to purchase a house, you know, not yet. And so I'm going to need more time. And the words she says she heard in her mind were trust, just trust. So the realtor told her that they would have to, of course, put in an application if she wanted to pre-qualify for a loan. And there were two other offers already before her. So she said to herself, I'm going to buy this house. And within 24 hours, she had pre-qualified for $200,000 more than she needed to purchase the house. And she found out uh, what she had to have, of course, to secure the deal and offered that exact price. So she went back to the house just to make sure that it was the one that she wanted. And all of a sudden, all her fear started creeping in. And she thought, well, what if my credit isn't good enough? What if my offer isn't accepted? You know, Will I get a loan with a good interest rate? Uh, Because, of course, she'd already lost her home in bankruptcy court. And the words came to her again, trust, just trust. So it became her moment by moment mantra of trust, just trust, focusing on the outcome that she wanted, not the process. So her her son calls her up and said, you know, that he had gone inside uh, the home and he saw three other people there. Um, and heard the realtor talking about how much it was going to take to actually fix the home and how horrible it was. And Ayala said to her son, I don't care. That is my house. (laughs) So she thought to herself, you know, an old Bible verse, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and mind and soul. Lean not into your own understanding. And so the realtor calls her back and says, congratulations, your offer was accepted. Uh, Call me so that we can begin uh, the loan application process. So as the closing date starts to approach, the house appraised for $95,000 less than the asking price. Um, and that should have been good news. However, the seller was refusing to lower the price. So if she wanted it, uh, she's gonna, she was gonna have to put up the cash uh, to make up the difference because she couldn't get a loan for more than the appraised value. So she reminds, she, she reminds us that uh, trust is not an intellectual process. It is both a spiritual tool and a spiritual process. And so at that point, her mind is going crazy. She's like, everything's working together for good. Trust, just trust. She leaned into her spiritual practice. She prayed, she listened. And then two telephone calls later, she made a counter offer to the seller. So they lowered the cash demand for uh, $50,000 and they were willing to leave the house on the market for six months with the hopes that you know the, the appraisal price would rise. Two more calls later and she had a plan to get the cash that she needed to close it. But then the inspection revealed a termite problem. (laughs) And if it were me, I probably would have been like, forget it. This is just too much. Right. But she said, Nope, this is my house. So she took it back to the cellar come to find out there were also issues with the heating system. So she goes back to the cellar. There was also a septic Uh, problem as well. So every time she would go back to the seller and they would take more off the table. So the $30,000 incentive to repair the kitchen, gone. No more help with uh, closing costs. She had to resubmit her loan application again, because five months had passed and she had to put $60,000 on the table. So every day, even with all of this, she is visualizing this home as her own. And she's like speaking it into existence. And she says, she says uh, to God as her, she says, I promise I'll take really good care of her. I promise I'll take really good care of this house. So she had to submit another quarterly tax statement, another bank statement. And right as they were closing on the house, she took her six prayer partners over her God squad and they went in and they just said, thank you, God, thank you, God, over and over in front of the house. They walked through every single room. They saged, they prayed, they laughed, they tried to figure out you know, how they, were, they would put together their money for these renovations, right? That they're gonna have to have. The house had 14 rooms, you guys, 14. <laughs> so they were all talking about who was gonna paint which, what room and all of this. And a good friend of hers, a general contractor, said that he would come over and give her an estimate for what it was gonna require to bring this home up to standard. And so the day he was scheduled to come, she was shooting um, a message for uh, her viewers on Ayanna Fix My Life. And it was Christmas time. And the producer came in and said, um, you have a phone call from OWN Network. And so Ayanna gets on the phone and she says, hello. And she thought that it was the executive producer um, giving her instructions of what she was gonna need to say for her holiday message. And uh, on the other line, um, she says, um, it's Oprah. And Yolanda's uh, like, "Oh my goodness! Like, how are you?" And she says, uh, "Where are you? Are you at your new your new house?" And Ianla says, uh, "Yeah, I'm picking out paint and flooring and trying to figure out uh, what I can do so that I can move in." And Oprah says, um, "I'm not calling you about a Christmas uh, message. I was just thinking about you, and I know you know what you're going through. I know that you're going to be fixing that house, you know, room by room, for at least the next five years." So I thought, you know, I want you to have a home that rises, you know, to meet you when you come back from doing all this incredible work that you're doing uh, with the Yonla Fix My Life. And I want you to have a sanctuary to rest and just enjoy yourself. So I spoke to Nate Berkus and we're going to fix your house. So Nate's going to be there in a few days and we're going to do everything that needs to be done to make your home a sanctuary. So. Imagine this. I mean, this is an incredible story. And of course, we don't always have these extremes. But imagine she had her mind fixed on the outcome. She knew it was going to be her house. She didn't know how it was going to happen. And of course, Oprah Winfrey steps in and completely remodels and and funds, you know, fronts the money to fix this house. I love this story. Uh, It is a reminder to us that sometimes we don't get to know the details. Sometimes we don't get to know how it's all going to unfold. But her mantra was, trust, just trust. So Mr. Rogers uh, is quoted to have having said, when things seem to be going wrong, look for the helpers. So trust doesn't uh, require doing. Trust requires that you simply believe. Trust, uh, for a Yanla had gotten her into the house And now God's favor, providence and grace would handle all of those renovations. So the the mantra I want us to say today, other than trust, just trust, because that's an easy one, is to remember that all of our needs are met right here and now. Everything is working together for good. The presence of God is for me and not against me. So we hang in this awareness and then we see that an entirely new possibility starts to emerge as we start to lift our vibration. A Course in Miracles uh, tells us that miracles are seen in light. And so it's important to remember that miracles and vision necessarily go together. So the miracle is always there. Its presence uh, is not caused by your vision. Its absence is not the result of your failure to see. It is only your awareness of miracles that is affected. So you will see them in the light. You will not see them in the dark. The, body, uh, the body's eyes um, do not perceive the light. We are the body, of course, a miracle says. You are not the body, so what are you? Miracles are seen in the light. And so let us just take a moment to uh, turn within, to just give thanks for the power of miracles that show up every single moment, every single day of our lives when we least expect it. And so we trust in the power and the presence of life. I know that that life is operating in through and as me and every single person watching and tuning in right now. But the essence of love itself is the greatest power there is. And so it is informing our thoughts, our actions, our prayers, our intentions. And so we trust, we open ourselves and become available to higher wisdom, to intuition, to divine right action for whatever is happening in our individual lives. And collectively, we send out that vibration of good, that vibration of abundance, that vibration of peace that exists beyond time and space. And so we come back into this awareness, we ground ourselves in it. And we know that we are not weak, we are strong. We are not helpless, we are powerful. We are not limited, we are unlimited. We are not doubtful, but certain. I cannot see the darkness as I am in the light. And so with that, I give thanks. I release my word now into the activation of love itself. And I know that all is truly well. And so together, let us just say, ashe, namaste. And so it is.
1: Amen.
2: So the law of circulation, sorry, I've got too many windows open here. Uh, Pardon me. The law of circulation is in constant movement, giving and receiving. The more good that is given, the more good that is received is a demonstration. This is how the law works. The richness and abundance of life naturally unfolds as our experience. And for this, I am deeply grateful. If you are comfortable, I invite you to place in your hand to your heart and take a breath of gratitude. When thinking of gratitude, I recognize the unlimited love and spiritual abundance that's available to us all. And as we continue to learn to grow and to live by this beautiful teaching, we become more and more aware that we are divinely guided to love more and to be more. Life becomes richer and richer as our hearts open on our journey of self discovery. With an open, loving heart, we give thanks to all the gifts that life continuously demonstrates in our lives. And so it is. If you wish, please join me in demonstrating gratitude by making a donation to CSL White Rock. It takes just a little to keep us coming back every week, not that we wouldn't go anywhere, but uh, it does every little bit help. So we do encourage you to donate to, to us. And I think uh, two is going to put all of that information in the um, in the chat, so I don't need to go through it, but we will take your, your donations any way you would like to offer them. And that's monthly donors. Um, you can pay by credit card or check or e-transfer and all the information should be in the chat there.